all about building the kingdom. Every other word out of Tony Williams' mouth is building the kingdom, building the kingdom, building the kingdom. That's what he's all about. And so I want to uh, encourage you this morning to uh, get your hearts ready. Amen. Are you ready to receive? I want you to get yourself ready, and I'm going to give you just a little bit of information about him. You can read with me. It's in your bulletin. Uh, Pastor Tony Williams has served in many church leadership roles. Uh, he is currently a staff member of Capitol Christian Center in Olympia, Washington. And that's not Washington, D.C., amen? That's on the other side of the country. Board member for the Christian Embassy, which is the Campus Crusade for Christ, and president of the Solid Rock Foundation, which is a nonprofit for at-risk kids, and serves as a strategic advisor for several churches throughout the United States. He has also served as a group leader and teacher for the Christian Embassy at the Pentagon, where he facilitated a weekly discipleship Bible study, where their mission is to wind, build, send Department of Defense leaders to live for Jesus Christ. Amen. Tony was, was ordained as a minister in September 2005 in Olympia, Washington, under, the, under Dave Minton, pastor of Capitol Christian Center. After retirement from the military in 2006, he joined the pastoral staff full-time at Capitol Christian Center as the executive and associate pastor, overseeing numerous, numerous ministries, military life groups, prayer, men, celebrate recovery, and the Solid Rock Foundation. Tony deserved to utilize his military training along with his gifts and talents to further advance and, what do we say? Build the kingdom. He is married to his wife, Tina, for 26 years. Amen. That's worthy of a praise clap. Amen. And they have two beautiful daughters, Alexis and Dynasty. Won't you stand with me and give him a warm reception as he come and minister the word to us. Wow, I got so many, so many friends out there. I believe my wife got on that email. Just be seated. She got on the email and she got Antonio and Deborah. She got Sherry in here. Who, who else showed up? So, so, so thankful that you all came out. Um, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a great day because I remember when I met uh, Gary and Peggy uh, years ago uh, here when we lived in Stafford. Um, and he gave me a call early one Saturday morning saying, hey, I was in prayer. Uh, God told me to ask you to come and speak at our anniversary. The thing that I knew was God was because I was in my house in Olympia, Washington. We don't have good cell coverage. That if you call that phone, it don't ring. And so happened that morning, I looked and my phone was ringing. I'm like, well, how is this happening? It happened to be him. And believe it or not, we had a full conversation before it cut off. So I knew uh, that God was uh, calling me to come here to spend time with them. Also, when I met Peggy and Gary, uh, he was excited about doing something for God. And, and as you know, when you're trying to build anything, it's not easy. And you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, you're going to go through it. But they have been faithful all the way through. So uh, for me, it was just I knew it was God. And I knew that this is a season 
when not only is everything else moving, but it's the season for all of us. Can, can anybody say amen about that? Amen. that? That we all get in different seasons and we're not sure where we are, but we know it's a season and we're trying to figure out if we're in the right season. So today I want to share with you that it's your season. Amen. Is that all right? Uh, can I pray for you? Is, is it all right if I, I can pray? Is that okay? Amen. Father, I just thank you right now that you are a great God, and I ask you right now to show up right now, Father, that you increase as I decrease, God, that we can that we can display your word, God, that we can share your word, God, that it may make a, a difference in the life of people, God, that we'll change a heart today, God, that somebody may draw closer to you, God. And I just thank you right now for this ministry, God. I believe that you got your hand upon it. And I, God, I just ask you right now, Lord, to touch the leadership right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Pour your spirit out today. Father, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Now, now t today I want to talk to you about seasons. You know, everyone loves seasons. Sports teams, they're excited about a season. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Redskins, Ravens, you know, somebody's excited about the season. They want to know, hey, what's, what's the season going to be like? You know, is the quarterback, is the team is going to be good? You know, organizations, they're excited about a season. They want to know, you know, hey, do we have what we need? Do we, did we make the right adjustments during the offseason? You know, the coaches, they're excited about a season. You know, the owners, the fans, Everybody is excited about a season. They want to know, what is the season going to be like? Is that all right? So as we talk about, it's your season today, I want you to think about, is it your season? What, what are the things that you want to come out of this season? And just to give you a little background before I go into the scripture verse, Daniel of 2, 20 through 22, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar was, had a dream. He couldn't sleep. He was all worried, and he wanted to go kill all the wise men because nobody could let him know what was going on with the dream. And it picks up down in verse 20, 20 and I just want to show you. It said, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And, the, and he changes the times and the seasons. Everybody say seasons. Y'all can do better than that. Y'all going to have to help me out here. He changes the times and the seasons. Everybody say seasons. Seasons. And he removed kings and raises up kings. That means he removed leaders, he removed them, and he raised up new ones. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right? He gives wisdom to the wise. That means you got to stay connected. And knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and dwells with him. Now, now you've heard testimonies and stories of ministries that just come out of nowhere. They just, boom, where did they come from? Because God done raised up this leader. He done raised up this pastor. But most times people are like, well, I have never even heard of him. But this person has been working, been connected to God, and he's been moving through seasons, seasons, and season, and God get them to a place, and all of a sudden, they are right there. They just show up. Everybody remember Bishop T.D. Jakes? Nobody heard of him in West Virginia. He was just back in the woods of West Virginia. All of a sudden, he dropped in Dallas, Texas. Where did he come from? Now, he just didn't show up out of nowhere. He was already going through different seasons and, and just working and doing things, just following God, staying connected, so he just showed up. 
But he just didn't show up like that. He was doing some work. He was staying connected and he was getting there. Also, when you talk about leaders and pastors, they show up. They just don't come out of nowhere. One day they say they're going to be the pastor of the church and they're going to start a church. They've been working. They've been going through things. They didn't have trials and tribulations and challenges and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, God moved them to the place where they need to be. Also, I think about it in, in high school. You know, everybody been, everybody been to high school. Maybe somebody's still in high school. That you had these great athletes that they were just raw talent. They just was, I mean, just great athletes, but they couldn't listen to the coach. They wouldn't listen to the coach. They wouldn't go to practice. They wouldn't do anything. All of a sudden, they just go away. And you just knew that that was the guy that was going to take you to the championship. But he couldn't act right. Then all of a sudden, somebody else show up that you weren't even looking at, wasn't even on your radar, and they show up, and God put them right there in the place, and now they start, and they take you where you want to go. So you got to stay connected. God changes the times, and you must be attentive and ready. God is raising up leaders. He, he's not, I'm saying, he don't care who you are. If you're willing, he will raise you up. Wisdom is coming to those who stay connected. If you stay connected to the vine, wisdom will come to you. It'll show up and you'll be like, what happened? Where did I get that wisdom from? You know, we may say, well, what, what is wisdom? I'm saying for you not to make a bad decision, that's wisdom. For you to call the right person, that's wisdom. Is that all right? Yes. Tell your neighbor it's your season. Come on, tell her like you mean them. It's your season. Now, now, when we talk about seasons, we need to know what season we're in. Because it's, it's kind of difficult for us to figure out which season we're in. Sometimes we think we're in one season where we're not in a season. Now, now, let me define them so we don't get it all mixed up. Now, a season is a period of time. It's not a mood. A mood is, you know, when somebody just, they get up, you know, they may be mad for a couple of hours in a mood. But a season is a period of time. A time characterized by a particular circumstance or a feature. It also says a religious awakening. It's an indefinite period of time. That's a season. Also, it says people start to examine themselves, examine their beliefs, their lifestyle during different seasons. Now, we know how people respond in seasons. Now, so let's discuss the different types of seasons. And I know you all, you all can relate to this. Now, fall season. Now, fall season is when the leaves start falling, like right now. The kids go back to school. Everybody say amen. <laughs> Football season start. All the brothers say can't wait. Amen. All right, you, you, you know what I'm talking about? People start coming back to church because they go on vacation during the summertime. They take the whole summer off. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they take off. Let's just be real. Families start settling down. You know, it's early winter. So that's the fall season. A lot of people love the fall. Now, the winter season is the coldest half of the year. It's a period of inactivity and decay. Nobody, people not, not too active because some people don't like cold. So there's not much going on. The spring is a time of growth and development. That's when everything starts growing. You know, people start going out, putting fertilizer on their grass and getting it ready. Then the summer is the warmest part of the year, a period of maturity, maturing power. That means things start to blossom in boldness. Now, 
Let's talk about that from a leadership standpoint. Are, are you with me? Let's talk about it from a leadership standpoint. From a leadership and team perspective, that's, time, that's when you need to start doing some strategic planning. That's when you need to start figuring out, hey, what's, what are we going to do as a team? That's when you need to start building teams. You need to start putting systems in place during this time. Because remember, it ain't no farmer doing too much farming right now. Okay? They didn't already got the harvest. You with me? They're getting ready to get it. I'm saying they ain't doing too much to the ground. The church need to get and understand what season is in as a team. What major events you need to do. What organization changes you need to make. Now is the time. Team building. Figuring out who's going to be on the team. Now every season is different, so you must know what season you're in. Are you with me? I'm saying, y'all looking at me. Is it making sense? You need to know what season you're in. And we're going we gonna to bring it home. Now let's go to Leviticus 26, 3 and 4. It says, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. The land should yield its produce and the trees of the field should yield their fruit. So that tells me God is ready to pour out a blessing. You with me? You ready to pour out a blessing. You know, you know sometimes some people just want it to get cloudy. You with me? But, but God want to make it rain. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God want to make it rain. It ain't about getting it cloudy. God want to make it rain. He want to make it rain in your life. He wants something to happen. He wants you to do something. He want to just pour it out. And you see, back home, I'm from Louisiana. You know, I'm from the country. You know, and, and it talks about uh, when, you know, it get hot down there, you know, growing up as a kid. You know, and it says in Matthew, you know, uh, in Malachi 3.10, open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing so you can't even hold it. It's too much for you. See, back home, we used to put a two-by-four in the window. That, that when the window opened up, we put a two-by-four in it to make sure that, that it stay open because it was so weak, it'll slide back down. And see, that's what God want to do. He want to he wanna pour out a blessing, but sometimes we just got to put a two-by-four in the window. We got to hold it open so it won't fall back down so he can do what he want to do. And anybody with me, you know what I'm talking about? So in order for us to do that, we need to honor God. We need to walk in his image. We need to be a witness. We need to obey God's word. We need to commit to his house. We need to serve God with our gifts and talents. You know, I truly believe that if we just give God what he wants from us, he'll do the rest. Most of the time, we, we, we are our worst enemy. We're the one who get in the way of what God's trying to do. Can you tell your neighbor we're going to get there? You got to do better than that. Can you tell your neighbor we're going to get there? Well, tell your neighbor it's our season. Now, now, how do we respond to this incredible season? How do we respond? Now, now, now I want, I want you, all y'all leaders to listen. All y'all leaders of this house, I want y'all to listen. You have planted and harvested for years. You done did that, okay? You have had great success and challenges. Y'all with me? You are moving into an incredible season right now. Do y'all believe that? Yeah. All right. And as you move into the season, these are the five things I want you to consider. We must commit to God. 
That means we need to accept Christ or rededicate our life. Y'all with me? Everybody tracking? Number two, we must decrease and let God increase. That means we need more of God daily, more of him. Not just a little bit, more of him daily. We must remain faithful. And what I mean by remain faithful is that Sunday morning when you just don't feel like getting up, you just need to get on up out of there anyway and just go ahead on and do it. You, you with me? Because you know if you don't get up and go to work, you ain't going to get paid. And it's going to hurt you when time for paycheck. So if you don't get up and go and serve God, it's going to hurt you. It might not hurt your paycheck, but it's going to hurt you somewhere. We must be willing to sacrifice our lives. See, you know, as a military guy, former military, retired, there's people sacrificing their life every day for us. For us. I'm saying for all of us so we don't have to worry about, you know, going to the mall and a bomb is in there or any of that stuff. But, but I, I read a story about a, a specialist in Iraq that they threw a grenade inside of the tent. He had all of his former colleagues in there, and he just went over and threw his body on top of the grenade. He died so everybody else could live. That's sacrifice. And I think God is calling us to throw something, throw something on something to sacrifice for people that don't know Jesus, for people that need Jesus, for your coworkers that you see every day. And you know they need Jesus. Come on. You know they need Jesus. You know if they had Jesus, their life would be a whole lot better. You can look at them and tell if they just had Jesus, their life would be a whole lot better. That we have to sacrifice something. That may be taking them to lunch. That may be inviting them to church and going to lunch after church. I'm saying you can fool the devil. You smarter than the devil. You got wisdom. You got the Holy Spirit flowing. So you can fool the devil. Take him to lunch. Hey, go to church with me. We'll go to lunch. You come to church, they may get saved. Life be changed. Amen. We can figure out ways to do everything else. Huh? Come on. You're in the world. You can figure out how to get everybody to the party. Come on. Can we? Can we get everybody to the party? Need to do the same thing to get them to church. And now with all the tweeting and whatever they call it, Facebooking and, and uh, Uvu and, and, and all the other stuff they got. You got all kind of technology that you can work. We must make room in our hearts for those that don't know him. We must serve on teams. We must fight for the people that's hurting. We must be a bold witness. And I read a story about couple of uh, soldiers during World War II is that they would go in Germany, they would go down to uh, the mascarade in, in the bakery, if you've been to Germany, and they would go down every day to get bread and to get meat. And it was this little German boy, he would always drive up on his bike, and he would look at these guys, and, and they would see him every day, and, and finally one day one of the one of the sergeants said, can we help you? And the little boy just looked, and he couldn't speak English, but he just looked. 
and he would just look at the bread and the meat that they was eating. And finally, this day, the guy said, well, let's just give him some bread and let's give him some meat. So they gave this young kid some bread and some meat. The kid was about 10 years old. And this kid, he asked him an amazing question. He asked the guy, are you Jesus? See, sometimes, church, we're the only Jesus that people are ever going to see. We're the only Jesus they're going to ever see. And, and sometimes you have to feed them, you have to clothe them, you have to do all kinds of things before you can get them here. Sometimes you got to give them a meal. You got to give them clothes. You got to be generous. You got to do things before they're just going to show up here. So sometimes we're the only Jesus that people are going to ever see. So we can't be real nice when we hear that they see us in Walmart and we won't even speak to them. Are we looking at them like, who, who are you? Are we at work raising hell and they're in a the couple, couple cubicles over? That ain't Jesus to them. I mean, he's just like me. They both be saved. Well, I better get off of that. I, don't wanna, I ain't got my wife here to go start the car up, so I better, better make sure. Lexi, can you get that car started? Okay, four reasons why we don't take advantage of the season. So just hear me out. One is we got the freeloaders. And everybody know who they are. They're just like my homeboys back home. They come to the party. They don't bring nothing. They don't bring no bill. They don't bring no chips. They don't bring nothing. They just want to freeload off of me. Same thing in the church. They show up. Everybody has set up everything. They've been here since 7 o'clock in the morning. They just show up when it's time for church, get what they can get, get a good word, get some chill bumps, and they buy it and they roll out. Them the freeloaders. You with me? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Then we got the uncommitted. They may even give you a little money, but they ain't willing to commit to serve nothing. Because it's going to take too much of their time. They got to get back home to the football game. You with me? So they ain't finna commit because it's going to require too much from them. Then you got the traditional folks. Probably the worst ones. They'll give, they'll serve, but they'll get stuck on how the church need to do it or how their last church did it. Or they get so caught up in traditional way it's supposed to be where you can't get them to do nothing. Everything they do do, you're like, I wish you wouldn't have did it. I wish you wouldn't even gave me no money because now you're requiring some of me and you, you anybody know what I'm talking about? Is, am I the only one deal with them kind of people? Oh, okay. All right, then you got the religious folks. They'll give, serve, but can't fully catch the vision. Them the ones want to tell the pastor what to do. They want to talk to him any kind of way. You, you with me? They got their own agenda of how the team's supposed to be, and, and, and Sister Mary, she ain't doing what she's supposed to do, and Bob, he ain't ushering them in the right way, and then when we, we at, our, at our church, at our other church, this is the way we did it. So they're trying to bring their old church to this church so they can't catch the vision for what you want to do here because they so caught up on what everything else used to happen. Well, let me just help you out right now. You ain't going to find your old church nowhere you go. It ain't going to be the same. But what we need is people that sold out for Jesus. That's what we need. Somebody that sold out, ready to do what it's going to take to build the kingdom of God. Now, most of you might say, well, you know, I, I don't understand the Bible. The only Bible I remember is the big white Bible that sit on the coffee table in the house that my grandmother had that you can't open up. Um, it's probably the only one you remember. That's cool, too. But 
you got something to offer. Whatever you do at work, you can do it here. Whatever you do at work, you ain't got to be a Bible scholar, can quote a hundred verses. If you can move a chair, set up a table, smile when people come in, tell them you love them, you know, hey, pastor, what you need? Hey, first lady, what do you need? Get on a team, you know, park cars. You can do something. All right, so don't think that you got to have a Bible degree and you got to have all these different gifts and you grew up in the church to help. You just need to be willing. God is going to only use the willing. So you just got to be willing to say, hey, I'm here. Just what, Whatever I can do, just point me that direction and let me do it. Because remember, the first should be last, and the last shall be first. Seasons change your surrounding. Now, people are like elevators that take you up and that take you down. So, so seasons change your surrounding. You know, when you look at the leaves and, and the grass and the flowers, you know, kids, relationships, all that stuff changes seasons. Some seasons you reconnect, some seasons you never disconnect, but it's always through a season. It may be something to go on in the family. You got seasons. You know, I look at, I look at you know, I'm looking at Antonio and Deborah. Man, we was in a season in ministry. And actually, I always mess with Antonio because the season we was in, we, we, was, we was praying, you know, all night long. I mean, we done messed up gas tanks because he didn't had his car running all night. You know, we didn't had the kids laid out all over the place. I'm saying we, we was in a season, and Antonio used to make the best, the best lattes. So we got another season. I went down that brother's house. I said, hey, brother, make lattes. Like, look, I ain't no latte man no more. I'm done with the lattes. <laughs> but that was a season. I'm like, hey, you, no lattes no more. Now, his wife, she's still in the season. You know, she pour all on my head, mess up my new shirts. She's still ready. She just told me back there, hey, I want some all on you. You know, I'm like, yeah, you done messed up my shirts already. But she's still in that season, you know. And then I see Sherry, you know, we, we was back when we lived here. Our kids was little kids. Now they're in college now. But that was a season. You with me? So when I talked earlier about Gary and, and, and Peggy, when we first met, it was a season. And then God circled us all the way back around years later because everything changed. So what I'm saying is that you got to know which season you're in, and some of your relationships will stay, some of them will go away, and God will bring new ones. Is that all right? God gives us signs. He sent us people. He gives us opportunity. He try to let us know it's time to transition to a new season. Don't try to stay in winter because you can't stay there. You got to move to fall, to summer, to spring. You got to move around in the season. You're not going to stay in summer where everything's exciting, it's warm, and everything is growing and everything look good. You're going to eventually get to winter. But as long as you got God, you can move through that season to the next season. As long as you got relationships, you, he's going to move you from one season to the other. But you got to know what season you're in and how the surrounding is going to move when you get in that season. Now, Mark 11, 12 through 14, it say, Now the next day, when it, came, when it come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Everybody say hungry. Down south, we say hungry. All right? He was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see, and we're talking about Jesus, he went to see if perhaps he will find something on it. When, it came, when he came to it, 
he found nothing but leaves. Everybody say leaves. For it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So don't let what look like from a distance or on the outside determine if you're in a season. Let, let me say that again. Don't look from a distance or what it look like on the outside determine that you're in a season. Just because it may look afar that it's good, it may not be. Just, just if you look at, just for example, you know, you're looking over somebody else's fence, their grass look nice and, and green and pretty. From looking over the fence, like, man, what they grab? If you get on the other side of the fence, it probably got spots and everything in there because you was far away and you couldn't see all the other stuff. It's the same way with season. You look and you're trying to, oh, they're in that season. They may not be there. You may think they are, but you can't look at it from a, a far away look on outside. You got to look at what's going on in the inside. Sometimes we're not in the right season because it may be somebody else's season. Just because John just got this new promotion, everything going good, it's his season. It ain't yours. But you want it to be your season. It ain't your season yet. It's his season or her season. So you can't think it's your season just because they're having a season. You got to know where you are and what's going on with you. Is that all right? Tell your neighbor it's your season. Seasons will determine when you build. Now, let, let, let's, let's just kind of break this down a little bit. Now, in order for you to build anything, you have to have a leader and you have to have a team. You have to. Think about sports. They start the rebuilding season. They start bringing new people in. They start bringing the right team in, start jailing everybody together. They got good leaders. You got to have that. The right season to build, you can't build a foundation when it's, you know, freezing and snow all over the ground. Just ain't the right time to do it. You can't build a roof. It's the right time to do it. You can't do the interior. It's the right time to do it. So when you start building a ministry, you have to have teams. Now, it's some key things to building teams in the ministry. The first thing, you got to listen to God for sure. Second thing, you got to acquire some wisdom. And the third thing, you have to trust the relationships of the people around you. Now, that's simple. You know, I'm a country boy from Louisiana, so that's about as simple, you know, or sophisticated as I can put it. But that's what you need to do. You got you to listen to God, acquire wisdom, and have trusted relationships. Because we know God is the master builder. Am, am I going too fast? Is it good? I know y'all ready to eat, right? Everybody ready to eat? Like, let's hear up, get this guy through here so we can eat some food. Now, First Kings 6, 11 through 13, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this temple which you are building, if you walk in my statutes, execute my judgment, keep all my commandments, and walk in them, then I will perform my word with you, which I spoke to your father David, and I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. Now, Foundation Christian Fellowship, I believe God is requiring more of you all right now. Now, I got a chance to spend a little time with a couple leaders. You already got what it takes. Got to pull it all together. But everybody got to do more. Everybody. Everybody got to put their hands to the plow. 
Everybody got to do something. You can't expect one or two people to do it. You got what it take here, so you need to do it. You can't build nothing with one person. He's calling you to go on a journey. Now, people don't like going on journeys, okay? Because when you go on journeys, most of the time you don't know where you're going or you don't know how it's going to turn out or you may not be in charge of all the planning of the journey. You just happen to be one of the people that's going to go. He's ready to take you to a whole nother level. Everybody say whole nother level. Whole nother level. You with me? That's what he's trying to do. So everybody's going to need to move up. Now, seasons will determine what you put on. Now, you know, in different seasons, you just can't wear anything. You know, you can't go out in the wintertime with shorts on, even though the kids, they do it. But, you, you know, you, you can't wear anything. When, when I was in Alaska, we had this minister. We started doing door-to-door -door ministry. And uh, Minister Wilson, I'll never forget it, he showed up. He showed up. And he had a full suit on, just like this, full suit. And we're doing door to door. We're going into projects. He showed up like this. We looked at him and said, now, now, brother, ain't nobody going to talk to you. Nobody is going to talk to you. Because he was thinking he was going to church. You with me? When we was going to do door to door, the people that don't know Jesus, don't care about Jesus, they ain't going to talk to you in no suit. So he had the wrong stuff on for what we was trying to do. You with me? So we must put on our warrior equipment when we're going to do something for God. We must not get the seasons mixed up. Because in Alaska, the sun will fool you. It could be farther below and the sun is out. And if you go out dressed with that sun, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to freeze to death. Don't wear the wrong thing in the right season. Don't pass up a ministry opportunity because it's an inconvenience. Just remember, God will always inconvenience you. He's going to inconvenience you. He's going to tell you to do stuff when it's inconvenient. He's going to tell you to start a ministry. It's going to be inconvenient. Why? Because the kids got this going on, or something's going on with the job, or you don't have the finances. It's going to be an inconvenient, without a doubt. He's going to tell you to serve on the team, uh, go help that church. It's going to be an inconvenience. Simply because it's going to mess your schedule up. That means that you got to work or you got to go to work earlier to go help out. Or you got to lose some sleep. It's going to be inconvenient. So if you think doing something for God is going to be convenient, it's going to work out with your schedule and your lifestyle, it won't. It's going to be inconvenient. Or you can pass up a ministry opportunity because you got mad. Because somebody hurt your feelings. They said something to you or... They looked at you the wrong way. You know, we have all kind of reasons why we want to get out of stuff. They looked at me the wrong way, or she didn't speak to me, and, you know, the pastor didn't say hi, and I didn't get an email. You know, all kind of different things not to get involved in ministry opportunities, but don't miss them. Seasons can be deceiving if you're not connected to the right source. you got to be connected to God because you'll miss if it's your season. You have to. Because if you don't connect to God, you're not going to know. You're just going to be all over the place. How many people have been all over the place? Everybody should just raise your hand. You with me? You're praying and you're trying to figure it out and you're still all over the place. Like, God, give me a word. Give me something where I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And most of the time, you just need to be obedient. Because God has probably got somebody else talking to you and they're ask, they asking you to do things you don't want to do, but God is 
speaking through them to get to you in order to get you in the right place where you need to be. Don't expect God to just show up and grab you by the ankles in your bed tonight and snatch you on the floor and say, hey, I'm talking to you. It ain't going to happen that way. It ain't going to happen like that. It may be somebody at work say this or somebody at church say this or you're in Walmart and somebody say that or you may be in a class and this happened. It's just going to happen. It ain't going to be somewhere you all of a sudden he show up and grab you and pull on you and say, hey, it's me, son or daughter. Listen to me. Isaiah 59, 17, for he put on the righteousness as a breastplate, a helmet of salvation of his head. He put on, put on garments of vengeance for his cloth and as a clad of zeal with the cloth. Now, I'm talking about spiritual warfare because, because you're going to have to be in the spirit. You can't do this through the physical. Physical just don't work. It's got to be spiritual. Seasons bring spiritual growth and maturity. Can everybody agree with that? Yes. Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to share a couple thoughts with you. Now, everybody remember God gave the children of Israel manna and quail. Everybody remember that? Gave them manna and quail. Now, he only gave them enough manna and enough quail for that day. Everybody with me? And, and, and he only gave enough manna and quail to them based on what they could consume. You with me? Everybody didn't get the same amount. It was based on what they could eat. You with me? So, so just, let's just break it down. So back home growing up, mom fixed your plate. And if you didn't eat all your food, the next time your place showed up, it was going to be a little bit less. Anybody know, anybody know what I'm talking about? So, so when God started giving manna and quail, he was giving it to them based on what they could hold, their capacity level. You see, when you start talking about spiritual warfare and being in the spirit, God is going to only give you what you can hold. If you can't hold what she can hold, you ain't going to get no more. And what we do, we start looking at their plate or looking at what God is doing with them. Then we're trying to figure out why we don't have it. Oh, boy. Ooh, Lex, you might need to start the car on this one. Now, now, it's the same way when you start talking about the spiritual growth and maturity. Let's just, let's just talk about our kids. Now, when the kids start getting to the point where they can start feeding themselves, you know, they can get up in the morning, turn cartoons on, get cereal. That's a good thing. And the parents agree, that's a good thing because you ain't got to get out the bed. Because before, you had to get out the bed, get the cartoons on, fix some cereal. Get them. But when they can start doing all that stuff on their own, that's a good thing for you. Because you're like, whoa, man, they, they getting there. I remember my kids, they was getting to the point where they could fix their cereal. And then when they start putting their clothes on, even though they had their shoes on the wrong foot or their clothes ain't matching, you still was happy because they even got the clothes on. So you, not, you had to spend a little less time just changing the shoes or say, put this shirt here on versus doing the whole thing on your own. Spiritual maturity as they grow. Now, when you grow up, you can start eating some meat. See, in church, when you start getting spiritual growth, that means you can start getting more. Pastor, he can't give you no more if you can't hold it. See, because remember, it's capacity. 
So if you can't hold it, you know, what's going to happen? It's gonna all going to come out, and you can't hold it, and, you know, you're getting too full, and it's just more than you can handle. So then he got to, or she or your team, they got to give you a little milk to get your, your stomach right. You know, get your system right where you can hold the, the heavy stuff. You know, kids go from formula milk, then they start putting a little cereal in the milk, then before you know it, they get the table food. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Same way with spiritual growth in the church. You, you, you with me? So you got to prepare your body to receive more. You got to grow because the real deal is that anything ain't growing is dying. Anybody agree? If it ain't growing, it's dying. You must seek God for wisdom. You have to be an adult. Don't be a kid. I'm almost there. I know, I know y'all looking at me like, man, that dude, hurry up, and let's get him out of here. Acts 1, 6 through 8. It says, therefore, when you have come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority but you will receive power. And when the Holy Spirit had come upon you, you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. Now, let's consider the locust. Everybody know the locust. A little bit of, little bit of thing. Now, now, the locust is a small, little, little bit of something. Okay? The locust the locust can jump 200 times its size. The locust can. It can't fly, but it can jump 200 times its size. So how can something can't fly travel so far? But see, what the locust was smart, this is what the locust did. The locust can jump 200 times its size. So the locust will wait until the wind started blowing. And when the wind started blowing, they would jump. And they would travel miles. You with me? So sometimes we just probably just need to jump. When God is trying to move, we just need to just jump up. We ain't got to be faster than somebody else. We don't have to be able to read what they can read. We just need to jump up and let God just blow us where we need to go. We don't need to be worried about, well, you know, I, I can't fly and, you know, but but, but Bob can fly, so now I can't do nothing. If the locusts would have did that, they wouldn't have been able to destroy all the stuff they destroyed because they were flying miles. They were like, well, how did they get all the way here? They can't even fly. They used the wind, just like we need to use the Holy Spirit to move us where we need to go. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know why the pastor made a decision. You don't have to know what my old church did. You don't have to know all that just need to be available and let God move. You just need to be ready to get in the wind when it's time to get in the wind. Is that all right? So I want to close with this, and I want to ask you a couple questions. Can you put just like some little good music on, you know, real low, something good? The question is, is why are you here? And what are you going to do? The next one is, is what's inside of you? What's, what's inside of you? That if we cut you open right now, just cut you open, what will come out? What will we see inside of you? Will we see stuff that 
we'll be surprised to see or we see stuff that we imagine we would see you know are you a giant killer are you killing giants you know because the David wasn't the only one to kill giants his teammates they killed giants too he just initiated so are you killing giants are you, are you part of the giant killing team and see church in any season that you in any season that you get in is that once you get in the season and you know you're in the season everybody want to have momentum everybody with me every team just think about it the game could be going and once the momentum shift you know it anybody with me once it's shift I'm saying it could be a fumble it could be a three-point shot it could be a block shot it could be a rebound whatever it may be the momentum change the momentum can change your spirit the momentum can change your outcome and the momentum can change your season and I want to leave you with this momentum is mass and velocity equal momentum mass is when you get a lot of people together like a church or any organization you get a lot of people together that's mass the velocity is when you get all the people moving and the faster they move that creates momentum so mass a group of people together a team together mass of people then velocity when you get all of them moving in the same direction and when they get in the, moving in the same direction with speed that's momentum and I believe God is ready right now this is your season this is two years so if you've been waiting for God to do something now's the time now's the time can I pray for you can I pray for you you gonna do altar? You gonna do altar? You gonna okay? So, so I, I want to pray for you, but but I, I sense in my spirit that you might be here, and you may feel like, you know, I don't know what God want to do with me right now. That I've been wandering around in these different seasons. It's been winter. It's been fall, and I'm just all confused. But if you believe that this is a season that God is trying to put you in, just lift your hand. Up. It's alright. All over the place. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. You can put them down. Because the thing about seasons is you don't, you never know what God is going to do. But you can feel in your spirit that he's about to do something. And it may be something different than you imagine. It may, it may be a new thing. So what I want to do is I, I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray for you. Is that okay? Can everybody just stand? Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you right now, God. That you know, God, that we all kind of wander through seasons, God, that we know is, is things that you have in store for our life, God. We know, God, if we just seek you first, God, and your righteousness, that you will show us what we need. 
that you would give us the desires of our heart. So, Father, right now, every person here, God, that is kind of wandering through a, a place, God, where they're trying to get in the right season where you can show them what they need to do, where, where what they need to do in this season, where they need to go, or, or when they need to start building, or, or what commitment they need to make, God, I ask you to touch them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, don't let them leave this place, God, wandering again, God. Give them clear revelations, God. Give them clear thoughts in their mind as they leave and they may be driving in the car in their prayer time or their devotion time, God. Show them what they need to do right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And also, Father, I say for this team here at Foundation Christian Fellowship, God, that, that, that the ones, God, that need, Lord, to, to do something for you, the ones that's been hesitant about being part of the team, have been hesitant about the commitment, Lord, have been hesitant about being inconvenienced, God, that right now you touch their heart in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, because we know this ministry, God, is a place, God, that you got your hand upon, that you're ready to build it, God, and you're ready to bring people. God, that you got the right team here, God. You just need some more people to come in and help this team. So, Father, we thank you for this day, God, and we love you so much. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give him a hand. Amen. Thank you so much.